just always um, a privilege to be here in, in this area of the world. I did love my big turtle that used to live here in Jennings, it's true. When Bubba told, first of all, that turtle he told me it was big as the cab of a truck. Now, maybe a real small truck, but anyway, it was a mighty turtle. And I got to say, I took a number of pictures of him and videoed him, in fact. Now he's gone on to wherever turtles go into glory. I'm not sure where that is. Maybe he's turtle soup now. I don't know, but which is a good, how many of that is a great use for a turtle? But anyway, very good to be here. Let's just wait on the Lord a moment. I, I'm so privileged to be here. I'm going to share a vision with you that I had during worship. And I've um, had the privilege of walking with Bubba's amazing wife and family many years now. And um, when I came into worship, I saw something by the Spirit. So much so that I asked one of Bubba's sons to look up this area on the map for me so I could see it by the Spirit. And I saw an overlay of this area. And I know three of the places I saw were uh, Jennings and I guess Crowley and Eunice, but I saw two other cities, Bubba. And in all five of those cities, buildings came up out of the ground where they were like beautiful worship centers. And I saw overlaid over these five locations a net, just like um, an amazing fishing net. And... Um, I saw and see, even as I'm speaking to you now, the Holy Spirit of God grabbed that net and jerk it, and it just pulled in this harvest. And I could see as this net was being pulled in, I could see these fish just jumping. And I want to understand that God is in the process, and there's still minimally two more sites, Pastor Bubba, that I saw. And I'm trying to figure which city, do you have any more in mind right now? What are they? We can't say? I saw two more. And, I, and I, that's why I got, went to the map and started looking at cities to see them. But I, I tell you by the power of the Holy Spirit, and this is what interests me, Pastor Bubba, when you hit those five, God jerked the net and it gave such an impetus that you, you didn't, you touched these small cities, you touched a larger city somewhere. I could not see where it was. It was like when these five were touched, God used the, the momentum of the five to go and touch another place farther away. I, I, I couldn't see what it was, so I saw that. And Bubba knows that, well, see these things, they're, they're normally accurate, and so I want to say that to you. Now, let me just—I have some other things, but let me ponder. Let me quiet myself in the spirit and see what I should do next. I don't want to—I want to hear something quickly. Okay, let me let's look in the Word first, and I'm going to prophesy over some individuals. I want to just really be exactly what God wants. I want you to turn into the um, Book of Matthew, chapter 13, 47 through 48. I'm just going to entitle this message tonight: Dragnet. How many remember the old TV show Dragnet? You're dating yourself if you remember it. I remember it too. But this isn't about police cars. This is about fishing. How many of you fish here? I mean, I'm right in one of the great fishing centers of the world. My idea of a fish is to go into the grocery store and grab him or go into a restaurant. Like, what was that restaurant we went to tonight, Pastor Bubba? What was that? Regatta. My Lord Jesus. 
I could have had church right there through dessert and another meal. But anyway, Jamie had to drag me out of that to hurt myself. I said, get me out of here, Jamie. I'm going to eat the rest of these rolls. Anyway, I want to talk to you about a metaphor Jesus introduces for us. In Matthew 13, 47 through 48, he likens the church to something. Now, if you can understand this, it's going to help you understand, I believe, the mission of this church in its multiple campuses and sites here. Matthew 13, 47 48 says, once again, the kingdom of heaven is like something. Now, we know God likens his church, the kingdom of heaven, he likens it to a body. He's the head, we're his arms, his feet, his hands, his mouth. He likens it to a temple. That's the great revelation. We are his house. How many of you felt God tonight? I mean, why? This is his house. When his people come together, he inhabits it. He says, we are his family. One of the great promises of Scripture, if a man or woman loses a mom or a dad or a family, for my sake, he'll go to heaven one day, but in this earth, I'll give him a hundred times more mothers, hundred times more brothers, sisters, homes. Promise the family. But here he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a, a net. Now, it's the only time this word for net is used in the New Testament. It's the word dragnet. Now, basically, back in the day, and they still use dragnets today, but now they use hydraulics and sonar to find fish. But back in those days, one of two ways they'd do it, either they'd pin both sides of the net to the back of the boat, kind of rowing it through the water. The net would be weighted down, maybe some floats, and it would fall down to the bottom, and they'd drag it along the bottom till they caught a harvest. Or they'd pin one side to the back of the ship, boat, craft, one side to the shore, and go in semicircles. And so Jesus my kingdom. Now, the kingdom of God, who are the kingdom of God? Every man, every woman, every young person, every child who's living under the kingship of Jesus. That is the kingdom of God. My people are my net. That's what the Lord's saying. It's so important. My people are my net, and I'm letting it down into the lake. You all get lakes here, but the word let down is a real nice English word. It's really cast out, thrown out to bollow. My people are my net, and I'm going to throw them into lakes. But how many cities are in this area are like on lakes? I felt the Holy Spirit like whisper to me, I'm giving this church the cities by lakes. Just like this, there's something about lakes. Now, and caught all kinds of fish. That means all, all types. In our language, every type of ethnicity, every type of people group. I'm bringing them. Now, when it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. And the word pulled means dragged. Dragged it down on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. Now, the word collected is an interesting word. In pastor language, we, we use words like assimilation, but really it's connect. So speaking of connection here. Now, why is this so important? This revelation is not just important for your church because it's your call. It's important because we have, not just here in Lake Jennings, we have, as Christians around the world, no matter what denomination, we have the only message that can affect the eternity of human. This is how it'll be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous, 
and throw them into the blazing furnace where there'll be a weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, I want to just draw a few things and say, you need to understand, you, I know you see yourselves as the fishermen. And that's a fair analogy, fishermen. But in reality, you are the net. Now, I want to say a few things. I want to start by saying this. God has been preparing a net here. Now, this is very, very important. In Matthew 4, 18 through 22, when Jesus is calling some of the original disciples, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, he first sees, according, Peter and his brother Andrew casting the net. God calls him into ministry, goes a little farther, and sees James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John preparing the net. Now, the word prepare here is an interesting word. It's the word katartizo, very same word used in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12, where God says, I've given pastors and prophets and apostles and teachers and evangelists to equip the saints, people like Jamie, people like Zach, people like Bubba. He's given them something, and that is to katartizo you. That means to equip you. The word equip means to mend, to prepare, to train, to strengthen. And so what you're going to find by the Spirit of God, when God is getting ready to use a people, he first prepares their net. Now, there are two things that determine the strength of the net of God's people. The fiber of their character and the strength of their relationships. So you're going to begin to find, beloved, now listen to this carefully, God will become at times very exacting with your care. How many of you discovered God wants to be holier than I care to be sometimes? Just raise your hand. Like the little things you thought God wasn't going to care about, he does care about. In fact, when you look in the New Testament, as much as we kind of, you know, want to put the spotlight on Jesus, like doing all this with multitudes and everything, in reality, he spent most of his time with 12 men and a small group of women doing what? Dealing with the fiber of their life. Even in John 13, he was warning Peter, don't be arrogant. The Satan's going to sift you like wheat. He warned Judas. He tried to warn Judas about what was happening. Why? It's not just, beloved, because he wants you whole. It's because your purpose redemptively is so important that if you break under the strain of harvest, if you snap because of bad character, harvest will be lost. You are his net. You are his net. He has no other plan. Your lives, your relationships, your man. And what I saw was so beautiful, Bubba. I saw this whole area overlaid by the net of this church in its campuses. And it was billowing under the wind of the Holy Spirit, laid flat over these campuses. Now, it's not just the fiber, it's the knots or relationship. Now, as much as we love community, how many of you know Christian community? It's wonderful. Relationships are not just about giving us great community. They're about the great commission. God is tying our lives together in small groups, in friendship. Why? Because he is going to cast our small groups and our sites and campuses out over this area for an extraordinary harvest. Ephesians 2.21 and 4.16 use a very interesting word called joined. Now, the word joined in the Bible is a lot different than the word you're joining in a mirror. How many of you know Sam's Club? Now, for a, I felt called of God to be in Sam's Club for a good while. I joined Sam's Club. I mean, I loved, I have to say, their, their, their baby back ribs were amazing. 
I felt a, an increased calling every time I got there. Prices were cheap, big parking. Then Costco came to town. And one of my friends, who was a pastor, began to describe their lamb chops and their steaks to me. Now, I'll be honest, I felt a stirring maybe to leave the church of Sam's and join the church of Costco. I mean, you know, I felt, man, maybe there's food a little better there. I like the messages there. might be easier there. So I thought, well, I'll just join up both. Unfortunately, that's not the word for joined in the Bible. The word for joined in the Bible is like when I joined the United States Army. You know, I woke up the next morning and regretted that situation. When I was in basic training with that drill sergeant, when I was in jump school, and being the paratrooper, I regretted that. But you know something? What a big revelation was, you may have joined, you just can't unjoin. The God joins you to people. Listen, we'll, we, this church has an open door in the front and in the back. If you, if you leave, we're not going to curse you, not going to be mad at you, and we'll leave the light on and pray God bring you back if it's his will. But that doesn't mean God lets you leave things. When God joins you to a place, it is so critical. I mean, I, I, I've been walking with men 40 years, 35 years, 36 years. Why is this critical? Because when harvest hits the church, relationships come under strain. It's bigger, more services. I don't see my friends. Pastor didn't have time for me. <clears throat> it's much easier to get offended. That's why God says, I'm joining you together. And it's not just about your great community. It's about my great commission. Because I've joined your lives together, not just to make you feel better, but to do something redemptively in this area. He puts, he places, he ties together the lonely in families. This church has grown. I can remember when there were 50 people here. Now on a given Sunday, there are hundreds. Who knows how many hundreds of people visit all your sites in a given weekend? There'll be hundreds more in the future. And that's why joining is so critical. And Jesus realized even in John 21, you find in the end of the book of John, the last of the four gospels, all he's doing is dealing with with the fiber of Peter's character and the relationship between Peter and John. Because he realized an immense harvest was coming. And if their character wasn't right and the knots of their relationship weren't joined by him, it'd break in the harvest. Isn't it interesting? In Luke 5, they threw the net out, great catch, it broke. In John 21, they threw the net out, great catch, it didn't break. Why? Because the fiber of their life and their relationships had been changed. Now, once Jesus does this, brings you into church. Any of you here have been in the church less than a year? Raise your hand. A few of you. Wonderful. I love that. Man, you're finding family. You're here on a Tuesday night. I mean, Tuesday night, if I'm ever home, is when I watch The Flash. It's one of my favorite programs. I watch The Flash on Tuesday nights. You could be watching Flash, first of a two-night series. You could be hunting or out eating. Here you are. Why? Because God's joined you to this place. He's joined you. Now, once God gets you joined, you say, I love it. I love my pastor. You know, I, I just love where I'm going to church. It's just astonishing. Then the bad news comes. And the bad news is, once he deals with your character, once he ties you into family, he's going to cast you somewhere. He's going to pick you up. He's first going to cast you into service. He's going to cast you into serving. Maybe it's children's ministry, maybe it's usher, greeter, maybe it's a small group leader, maybe it's the parking lot. Maybe he's going to cast you into service. Then 
he may cast you into another site. You may say, man, I just, I love it right here in Jennings. It's the greatest. Well, there are a lot of people loving Jennings, and a few of them got cast right into Crowley. So, and why? That's just the way it works. God casts us places. And I tell you by the Holy Spirit, this church is a net. And it's not just about being warm and fuzzy and tied together. You're here. He's going to cast you somewhere. He's going to cast you somewhere. I'll never forget, I love my church. I was out of the army, ripe old age of 22, sitting in the back of my church, just on staff, making the grand total of $140 a month, living in a basement. I, by that time, I had 28 married couples in my group because it was grow or not eat. And so I thought, I'm getting married couples. They can cook. So I had 28 married couples. And all of a sudden, a prophet called me out and said, you're going to the nations of the world. No one believed it until my church cast me out four months later into a war zone to start a church planning school in a Muslim province of the Philippines. I got cast somewhere. Now, here's something else I want to tell you. God, just, God won't just cast you into service in your church. God may cast you into a job you don't like because there's someone there that he wants to touch through your life. Do you realize that? Jesus may cast you into circumstances, into schools, into neighborhoods. And if the only lens you judge what is right and wrong in is the lens of, is it good for you? You're going to miss it because life's not always about you. Jesus will cast you into situations that aren't about you, but they're about someone else who needs to see how the light of Christ truly shines. He'll cast you. I'm sorry for it. He will. Just when you're comfortable. Just. And it's going to happen again here. You know, Pastor Bubba didn't want to say, didn't want to scare you. There's more little things bobbling around in him. One day he's going to say, this is the next city we're going. You're going to say, I'll never go there. I'm staying right here in Jennings. Holy Spirit will say, yes, you are. You've just been cast. You're going to be able to fellowship for all eternity with your friends. As long as, they're, as long as they're one to Christ. He'll cast you. Some of you find yourself in situations you don't like today. Could it be he's cast you into that situation because there's a human there that'll only be changed if you're there? You know, there's two ways, beloved, a church grows. There's two ways. Um, one is attractional. That means you build great churches like this one. The worship's great. There's good kids' ministries and worship and fellowship. And people in the community are just kind of drawn to that. But the problem is our culture is getting so dark that there are many people that never really see the light of the church. There's no Christians around them. It's almost like they're blinded to it. It's like those fish that live in the bottom of the ocean that aren't used to seeing light. That's where we need missional light. If they can't see the light and come to the light, we must bring the light to them. Jesus will cast you into some dark places filled with fish. What am I here for? Why would God have me here? Could it be the place he's cast you is exactly where the most fish are? He'll cast this church. I saw it tonight. He'll cast you. He's going to cast you over two more small cities. And when you hit five, you're going to be astonished.
to see what he does next. You're going to blanket this area with the living net of people and God's relationships. Now, here's the uglier word. Jesus says, once I cast you, when you're full, I drag you out. Now, let's, let's, this is a nasty metaphor. You go, Pastor Jim, I feel like I'm sinking right now. Well, sometimes that's the whole point. Pastor, I'm about to reach the bottom. Praise God, there's a bunch of bottom-feeding fish that aren't going to see Jesus till they see him in you. Kathy had cancer twice and epilepsy 12 years. We were dragged through more hospitals, dragged through more situations, and I began to realize it was almost nothing to do with her and everything to do with a redemptive purpose greater than us. Some of you found yourself in hospitals, doctors, you're frustrated. Why my kid again? Why am I going through this business difficulty? Why? Could it be that God would drag you through something just because there are people on the very bottom you've hit that are never going to be touched by the gospel? Paul, on his way to see Nero, had a 14-day hurricane, ship destroyed, thrown overboard, bobbing around in the water, and washed up to a little island called Malta, and revival broke out. I'm sorry. He'll drag you through things, beloved. I wish he wouldn't. You say, Pastor Jim, I'm getting dragged through something. How do I get out? I'll tithe. Do I tithe my way out, pray my way out? No. You ever try to bargain with God? Lord, I think I'll give you 11% this month. You get me out of this. I think, you know, in, in all the other years, I was giving you about 3%. I'll probably make it up. I mean, but you know, how many, when you get desperate, nothing's important than getting out of that. Deliver me, I'll read my Bible more. Deliver me, I won't miss church for a year. Deliver me. I might even pray in tongues from time to time. Just deliver me. Jesus says, I'll drag you off the bottom when you're full of the fish I cast you out for in the first place. There are times, beloved, listen to me. There are times in the economy of God where life's just not about you. I mean, if Kathy wouldn't have been sick that long, we never would have met the three girls we adopted, the three older girls we adopted over the last 11 years. Never would have met them. We met every one of them in in a redemptive way through her sickness. I heard her pray, and she's been seizure-free. Once we got all done, boom, she just got healed miraculously. Somebody said, well, why did it take 12 years when you healed her in 30 seconds in our bedroom? I laid hands on her. Been praying for every day. Because it wasn't ever just about her. I heard her pray one time, God, don't heal me if there's another girl to adopt. I said, stop right now, baby. God, heal her. I'll keep adopting. Promise. (laughs) But we begin to realize in the economy of God that we were being dragged through things that weren't just about us. It wasn't just about making me more patient or her more patient or us more Christ-like. There were other people that we were being dragged through. The greatest audience you'll ever get is when you hit bottom and the light's still shining. Paul and Silas, midnight in the prison. Why were they in the dungeon? Because there were a bunch of doors that weren't going to open when God earthquake power rescued them unless they'd hit bottom. Some of you are being dragged through things tonight. It's just painful. You're frustrated. Sometimes I'm sorry. It's just redemptive. It's not always about your transformation. It's also about someone else's redemption. Jesus says, I've been building a net here for years. I'm not done. 
And I've built family here and bonded and friendship. Why? So when I cast you out all over this area, your relationships will stand the strain. Your character will stand the pressure. It's not easy. Harvest always brings hell with it. Bubba, your pastor, you know some of the health challenges he's gone through. I mean, doctors have given up on me more than once. I lay dying with hepatitis, stress fatigue syndrome. I mean, I, it just, you know something, beloved? God molds us and bonds us through pain. People ask me all the time, what do I do with my pain? Don't waste it. Paul said, I finally figured out if I'm pain, it's not just for me if it's for you. Because the very comfort I received in my pain is what I give you now. So he'll take your life. He'll call you into this boat called our Savior. He'll call you. You're so happy. I found family here. I love this preaching. Oh, my God, it's great. It feels great at first for sure. And then he'll begin to deal with your character, and you'll get back. I'm leaving. The Holy Spirit say, no, you're not. I'll never come back. They offended me. He'll say, I'll bring you back. I don't recommend leaving somewhere God's placed you. I don't recommend staying somewhere he hasn't. That's why we don't have to worry about recruiting people here, trying to keep them. God joins. He does it. And he just gets you loving family and loving your small group, and then he casts you somewhere. It's hardly fair. Cast you to a new site. Why would he do that? Why? Because there are people that need you. And so he's building this extraordinary net here. There will one day be more hundreds more people in this net and more cities. I saw it tonight. I saw it billowing with harvest, billowing with what God is doing. Now let's go a little farther here. Um, this is just, this is amazing. Now watch this. The last thing we find is they got collected. Now let me talk to you for a moment about this collecting Connected is a better word. This church, in its tremendous three locations, are all going to grow and add people. Assimilation or connection, typically, as pastors, people like Bubba or Zach or Jamie are always thinking, we're going to have classes in some churches, they call them first base, second base. Others, they call them first step, second step. They got all kinds of cool names, but they're all the same. This is what we believe. This is what you can expect if you come. How many of you have gone through those classes? But let me tell you, in the end, the real thing that determines whether a church grows is not the size of their classes. It's the size of your hearts. It's not even ultimately the number of seats. And here is why. At the very essence of, of who we are is our saviors, whether it's in Lafayette or whether it's here, whether it's called Church of the King, whatever you want to call it, we put a high value on community. Spiritual family is critical to us. Standing, loving, believing, whether it's in Destin with Pastor Stevens, his son's here with me tonight, wherever we are in the cost of the country, there's a high value, you see community. Here's the problem. 
when you place a real high value on community and family and intimacy and safety, if you're not careful, it can become a major hurdle to the Great Commission. Here's why. Because every person that gets added to your small group can affect your feeling of intimacy and family. It's awkward. You can't share as much. I don't really know them. It's not the same. I don't see my friends as much. So in the end, what will ultimately determine the size of this church is the size of your hearts. We can raise money and create more room in this building. It's a whole nother matter to create more room in your hearts. Let me talk to you about this in a moment. We adopted, basically, made lifetime commitments, put rings on the fingers of three older girls in very non-traditional ways. And when we started adopting, I had, well, 11 years ago, my youngest would have been 10 at the time, and some were already outgrown and outside the house. And so we adopted these astonishing girls from very broken situations. And every time we brought one into the family, it affected the family. It did. Make no mistake about it. It changed their intimacy. You know what I found out? It changed us for the better every time. And every time one of them is added, one who lives in Singapore now, one who lives in London, one who's called to Africa, our reach as a family was dramatically affected. And I tell you by the Spirit of God, Hundreds are coming in the years to come. They're going to come into your small groups. They're going to come on your hunting trips. They may come into your friendships. Because if they can only get into your building and not into your heart, they won't stay. No matter how good the preaching is, no matter how good the worship is, the size of our heart in the end determines the size of of this house. Your ability to invite him into your small, your small group. Your ability to invite him to a meal after church. Your ability to reach out. Well, Pastor Jim, like, when other people come to my small group, it's not as intimate. Do you catch what I'm saying? This church, in all its locations, and the locations to come, are going to grow. I can remember when Jamie was paving roads. Now he's building God's house. I mean, there's no, he's as fine a man, he and his couple wife as I know. Who would have, Jamie wouldn't have thought 15 years ago probably going to be pastor in church. Who knows? Maybe it was already in his heart. But here he is today. Here he is. He's just one of the many we'll see the hand of God come on. Now let me summarize this. When I walked in the door and saw that net, I was so touched. I wish you could see into my mind. I, 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 I lack enough words to describe it. It shimmered with God's touch. And it was like overlaying the whole map of this part of Louisiana, this little pocket of Louisiana. It was just laid over it, and it was glistening. And I saw two other cities light up. I saw permanent properties being built. It was just a beautiful thing. 
or coming and finding, acquiring. Then I saw God jerk the net, and a massive harvest came and poured out toward another city you would reach, a lot farther than normal. What will it take to do that? What will it take for you, astonishing men and women of God, to do that? That becomes the question. Number one, will you cooperate with Jesus preparing you? Just summarize this. He's going to look into the fiber of your life. He's going to work on it. He's going to come in to your relationships and stress them sometimes. Why does he stress them? Because when you're stressed, you realize you're going to be able to handle strain later. He'll work on them. Once he's prepared them, he'll start casting you out. And typically, he starts real simple. I want to get cast into my purpose, Jim. Well, what if your purpose is mowing the church grass right now? He'll cast you. He can go cast you into your ultimate purpose till you've proven yourself in your secondary purpose or your short-term purpose. I mowed the, I, my, my big job in my church was cleaning the men's bathrooms. That was my big task. That was my anointed task. Taught the four and five-year-olds 18 straight months on Sunday morning, miss church every Sunday. It's cast me in my purpose. He'll cast you somewhere. You might not like it, sorry. Going's not optional, liking it is. You mean Jesus don't care if I like it? No, he doesn't. Have you ever heard that whole thing, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman? That ain't always true, is it, Bubba? He'll snatch you in a minute into his purpose. Now, he'll drag you through some things. You go, Pastor Jim, I'm weighed down. Well, he's getting, you, he's getting you just a little bit deeper before he uses you. Some of you feel dragged tonight. I'm sorry, I know how that feels. Others of you are in the collection. We are not just the net or the basket. Our lives are what God places his precious people in. This building is wonderful. It's not the church, though. It houses the church. You're the church. If you weren't in here, God wouldn't stay in here long. If this became a restaurant, it wouldn't feel this way in here. In fact, if you were meeting next to it in the parking lot, which I'm glad you're not, it'd feel more out there like this than in here when you were gone. You're it. You're the only plan he has. People like you and I all over the world, whether they're, whether they're from our saviors or whether they're Baptists or whether they're assembly, God, true believers ever, it's God's net. God has a great purpose for this house. And it's still in its foundational stages. Two more cities. So click them in, establish himself there, and then there's going to be even a wider throw. I'm going to pray for you before I prophesy over some people. You're tonight, you say, Pastor Jim, I've definitely been cast some. The Lord's definitely been kind of looking at my character. I'm being dragged some. You're talking about me. Raise your hand. In fact, if your hand's up, stand up. I'm going to pray for you right now. Just stand up where you are. You say, I'm being cast a bit, Pastor Jim, dragged through a few things. God's dealing with me. Normally, I'd stand up, and I'm just a little too tired to stand up. I'm always getting dragged through something, it seems like. Let's pray. Now, Holy Spirit, I thank you for these great people. I thank you for this church tonight. 
I thank you, Lord, for the future of this house, the future of this church. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for the glory coming on these sites. I'm asking um, your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen.